Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. U.S. swimmer Katie Ledecky took gold in the 1500 meters. The American women won gold in the new Olympic sport of three-on-three basketball. The men's basketball team defeated Iran by 54 points in second-round competition. The U.S. leads the overall medal competition. Japan has the most golds yes. with 13. China has 12. The United States with 11. They always set it up so the home country does really well. I don't know exactly how they do that, but the home country always does well. And I don't know. Um, but we still lead. Yes, because we're the best. Yes. And we beat our men's basketball team, beat Iran by 54 points. You suck. Who do you think you are? I am. Exactly. <laughs> so I like that. Um, three on three basketball. So this is the first year that they've had three on three basketball. I hope that that catches on. Now, that's something we should dominate. That would be fun if we get some of our uh, best NBA players do the three on three. I'd like to watch some of that. More serious fare. More important than the competition between countries about sports. How about the competition between countries just for surviving on planet Earth? And we're locked in a competition with China, as we all know, on the subject of the COVID, which started in China, was created in a Chinese lab and leaked out, almost guaranteed. We have a report from Jen Griffin of Fox News on that. U.S. and French officials sounded alarm bells about security at the Wuhan Institute of Virology as early as 2009, according to State Department cables. It's a critical piece of data that um, clearly that uh, the cables indicate the Chinese had lax security standards. The press reporting on this also uh, indicates that the French have had a, uh, a very troubled relationship with the Chinese going back uh, almost a decade. So there were concerns. Tom Donano, a Trump appointee, was on the State Department team investigating the origin of COVID-19 and tells Fox that those concerns centered on safety at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the wisdom of collaborating with the Chinese on such sensitive biotechnology and research. Yeah, well, I've got comments on that, but let's hear just a little bit more from Jennifer Griffin. And we're, um, this, this information has been known for a while. Why we're just hearing about this now, I don't know. In 2004, the French government signed an agreement to help the Chinese build its first biosafety level 4 lab in Wuhan to study infectious diseases in the wake of the SARS outbreak, despite the protests of French defense officials. The French were responsible for managing the lab's safety protocols until they were abruptly kicked out of the lab by the Chinese government in 2017, shortly after it was inaugurated. Two years earlier, French intelligence warned the U.S. government that it had concerns about Chinese behavior at the lab. If it gets out of a lab... That, according to David Asher, the State Department's former lead investigator into the COVID origin. Quote, DGSE, France's CIA, were pretty public in sounding their alarm bells, not typical. I can't understand how NIH, DOD, and AID would continue to plow dollars and transfer tech to WIV in the wake of the French being evacuated. And let's throw in some other letters. CBS, NBC, WAPO, our, 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 our media establishment. Now, maybe they didn't get tipped off by anybody in any of those alphabet... Uh uh, organizations you mentioned the CDC or whatever, but so it was known in our government years ago. The French, the French version of the CIA, 
informed our government, hey, they booted us out of the lab that we built in Wuhan, and they are sloppy. So they're doing some dangerous stuff there, and they are sloppy. Keep an eye on it. And, okay, so that news didn't break. Oh, okay, the fact that the news didn't break in 2017, you know, who's going to pay attention to that? But once the coronavirus comes out of Wuhan in 2019, how the hell did that not become a giant worldwide story? How did, well, geez, it just occurred to me, it, it not only blame us, how about France? Was, was France waving their hand? Hey, hey, just, uh, hey, uh, Financial Times, I'm trying to think of some of your big international news organizations. BBC Global, hey, uh, we told the United States years ago, uh, we're waving our hands over here, um, they're in Wuhan, they are really sloppy, and they're doing dangerous stuff, and we've known about it for years, we saw it with our own eyes. How did that not become a world story? How did the whole world continue to, I wonder where this bat virus came from? The Chinese say it came from that wet market. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The French knew I'm I'm baffled as to how the this became the mystery that it did. It seems like the answer has been right there for years, and lots of people knew it. Why our well, we we know why our CDC and some of our organizations kept it a secret because we're funding that lab. We believe in, believe in gain of function research, and Dr. Fauci believes in it, and they don't want it to get shut down. So that's that. But I'm I'm just perplexed. I hope this gets uncovered at some point. It seems like that the whole world did a bad job of following this story and uh, and digging into this virus once it emerged and trying to figure out where it came from. Or China frightened enough? Did China buy off the French? I don't I don't know that angle of the story. You know the the way that they they intimidated or bought off the WHO. Did they somehow intimidate or buy off the French? Hey, keep your mouth shut about our lab. I I don't know. I'm I'm mystified as to this whole thing. Uh, we talked about this yesterday, in case you didn't hear it. There is a World Health Organization effort to get vaccines out to a lot of the countries that don't have it. Here in the United States, we're a washing vaccine. We got the, Our only problem is people that don't want to get the vaccine. But we got plenty of vaccine, and we're giving it away to other countries that don't have it. Some of these poor countries, India, uh, a lot of these countries in, you've never even heard of, are just getting uh, ravaged by the COVID because they don't have any vaccine. So the World Health Organization comes up with this COVAX program, and all the big countries in the world are supposed to donate either vaccine or money to it. Well, we have donated 55 million shots, and we've promised to donate half a billion more. Half a billion shots the United States is going to donate to this WHO program to get vaccinations out around the world. Also, $4 billion of taxpayer money. I have no problem with that. That's what we do. We're the United States. If there's a disaster anywhere in the world, you know who shows up first with an aircraft carrier and food? The freaking United States. Do we get credit for it? No. Do we get blamed for every bad thing that happens? Yes. But who does more good in the world than anyone else by far? By far, the United States of America. What is China doing for this COVAX program? How much money and how many uh, uh, doses of vaccine have they donated to the COVAX program? The WHO has got going. Uh, Let me see. Checking this story here from the Washington Post. So far, they've donated zero shots and zero dollars. Not one cent 
and not one shot from the Chinese. Now, come on, China. We need a better we, we need to hire the, the people that do PR for uh, for uh, Verizon Wireless. And uh, what is that insurance company that's got that funny woman on it? And, you know, Pepsi-Cola. We need to hire the best PR firms in the world, the United States does, to get the word out. And we don't even need to spin it. We just need to get the word out. Because the role we play on the global stage in this pandemic and all kinds of other things, we are so far above everybody else, especially China. we got to get the word out. There There should be no chance of us losing the PR battle on the world stage to China. The, the, how many people know this? That we're going to donate half a billion vaccine, China, zero. We're giving out so far $4 billion to try to get people uh, uh, vaccinated against the COVID. So far, China, zero. It's really astonishing. And they're the ones that created the damn thing. Which we would have known about a year and a half ago if the French would have told us, if the WHO would have told us, if all those people in our own government that uh, that were on the receiving end of that French information would have told us. Books will be written. Movies will be made. It'll be too late, perhaps, but someday somebody's going to get to the bottom of this whole thing. Anyway, you can uh, join in on that conversation or any other on the text line at 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. we got a special guest coming up later this hour, Marshall Phillips. If you're new to the Armstrong Yeti Show, you might not know him. He was our news guy for years. He retired, uh, how long ago did he retire, Michael? I think it was two years ago. Was it really that long ago? Yeah. Well, that's probably about right, because he retired right before the, the epidemic hit, the pandemic hit, which is bad timing for retirement, especially when you're an older guy, because he couldn't travel or do anything. Anyway, we're going to have him on later this hour. We've got more news to come. Uh, we're kicking ass in the Olympics today, which is kind of cool. bunch of other stuff to get to on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Nothing really healthy about bowling. It has to be the germaphobe's nightmare. Here, put on these moist shoes 10,000 people wore. And stick your fingers in these dirty holes. Now you have the flu. How dirty are those holes? It's not like those balls wear out. They probably have manufactured a bowling ball in a thousand years. Someone's out there using Fred Flintstones right now. <laughs> that is preposterous. I don't own a bowling ball because I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I want to volunteer to carry around a 50-pound ball. Can you put it in a big, ugly purse? <laughs> That's how I want to meet the ladies. Oh, couldn't help but notice you staring at my purse. It's filled with a big blue ball. Mind if I follow you around the parking lot? I'll just be humming. Hmm, hmm, ball in the bag. Jim Gaffigan on bowling for no particular reason, apropos of nothing. Uh, going through a number of headlines that I have here before we get to our old newsman, Marshall Phillips, next uh, segment, because I'm kind of interested in talking to him what it was like to be in retirement as an older gentleman during the pandemic, among other things. 
New York Times opinion piece today. There's no good reason you should have to be a citizen to vote. Oh, good. Glad the New York Times is running a piece on that, that uh, illegals should be able to vote. Vote. I'm also going through some other headlines. The Biden administration has asked Congress to extend a federal eviction moratorium set to expire Saturday. So if you're a landlord and you got people that haven't been paying their rent for a year and a half, you still can't evict them. They're going to extend that. Regardless of how much money they've been getting or whether they're looking for a job or not, uh, you can't kick them out. Um, came across this on the Simone Biles thing yesterday. I thought it was kind of interesting. As some people were criticizing her and others were uh, talking about how uh, great it was that she uh, stepped down because of her emotional problems. I do wonder if accepting evolutionary cause sex differences would make us slightly wiser as a society. That is acknowledging there's a difference between men and women. For example, men and women on average have different tribal psychologies. It might be reasonable to scold a male who lets down his team, and it might not be reasonable to scold a woman. Yeah, that makes pretty good sense to me. Of the the reason why we would treat Tom Brady and LeBron James differently than we would treat Simone Biles for doing the same thing. thought that was pretty good. Another headline, American Postal Workers Union representing 220,000 postal workers. I'm guessing this union, like most unions, is way left. Uh, just said they are against vaccine mandates in a statement released. So, once again, it's not just white Trump voters that are against the vaccine. There are plenty of blue lefties that are against the vaccine also. Um, Rand Paul with this tweet earlier this week. Black Lives Matter rioter punched a police officer in the face requiring surgical repair. The punishment? Released on his own recognizance. Nonviolent trespassing in the Capitol on January 6th. Solitary confinement without parole. Double standard? You bet. That from Rand Paul. Um, oh, so we were talking about the vaccine earlier. And uh, we had on uh, Mike Slater, who I really like, uh, from uh, KFMB in San Diego. He's, uh, he did, hasn't gotten the vaccine. He says as a guy in his 30s who's healthy, he's not going to get it. He thinks there's too many risks. I don't think there are too many risks. I got the vaccine. He's not an anti-vaxxer. Like, for instance, his mom got the vaccine, and he thought that was a good idea, but he's not getting it for himself. Anyway, on that conversation, one of the reasons I don't want to get COVID is the more and more studies that come out like this one, a study that confirms the hypothesis that individuals who've been infected with COVID-19 have persistent, objectively measurable cognitive cognitive deficits. In other words, your brain don't work as good as it used to, maybe permanently from getting the COVID. And I don't want to take that risk, so that's one of the reasons that I got vaccinated. This is an actual headline from the Washington Post, why speaking English may spread more coronavirus than some other languages. Are you freaking kidding me? Blaming the English language for spreading COVID more than other languages. We are bending over backwards to kick our own selves in the ass. It's really weird. Have I got time for this, Michael? So do you remember the guy that came up with, uh, here I got his name. What is his name, Hanson? His name is... Ryan Long, he's the one that came up with the woke meets racist thing that we thought was so darn funny. Well, this one is about China, and I think this will make sense to you. It's the editor who removes scenes from movies to appease China. Go ahead. 
crew cuts out scenes from Hollywood movies for the China releases. Clip that out. You know, whether that be an LGBTQ kiss, something a little too diverse, they would not want that. Anything encouraging protesting or overtly sexual. And once I'm able to isolate those scenes, I put them in a bin right here, gay scenes, and then I'm able to use those exact sections of the films to create little promos for social media celebrating the communities we've just extracted from the China releases. For example, I just removed all of the gay kiss scenes from Bohemian Rhapsody. That was a big no-go for China. Back in for the China release. And the Star Wars lesbian kiss scene, of course. And I was able to use both of those scenes for my Love is Love compilation for the studio's Pride Month social. If you've ever watched a progressive scene in a movie, just know that I'm the person who removed it for audiences in China. I'm sort of like a utility player for some of these studios. Look, on the topic of Star Wars, I was doing the graphics recently. See, I had two different posters here. So what I did was I was able to isolate the black actor in the American version. We're able to make John substantially smaller here and then I was also able to take that isolated photo for a we celebrate diversity social media post that we're working on here in America 007 Skyfall I got rid of some references to prostitution I like to think of myself as a general fixer just recently I edited out the Tiananmen square footage from Activision's Black Ops Cold War trailer see right here we had know your history or be deemed so just just in case you're not catching on what's going on there and this is literally what's happening now it's not Ryan Long and it's not one editor that's doing this, but this is actually happening. You've got movie companies that have edited scenes out of movies, like if it's a, a you know gay kiss or something like that. They'll they'll edit that out of the movie so that China will see the movie. That very same scene they will put out on their social media during Gay Pride Month or whatever about how enlightened they are. They're doing both at the same time. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've been playing lots of ZZ Top as Dusty Hill, the bass player from ZZ Top, died yesterday. He was in his 70s, so it's not uh, you know crazy unexpected. But, um, yeah, so playing a lot of ZZ Top. Marshall Phillips joins us, who used to be our music guy. Before we get into even who you are... Did you ever meet any of the ZZ Toppers? I did indeed. That doesn't I, surprise me. Yeah, Billy, I think I uh, met him. Uh, you know, you got the a, Reverend Billy F. Gibbons, <laughs> the lead guitar player. Yes, yes. You got to fear the beard. <laughs> yes, exactly. fear the beards. Uh, Marshall Phillips did our news for how many years? Did you do our news? It was a uh, grand total of fourteen years. Really? Yes, I know. Wow, I know. God, time goes by. As I you, thought as about you. that. You know, the other thing too, uh, because I have re- been retired now for a while, and it has certainly not been. Boring but one thing I keep wondering when I wake up is, what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> is that something that happens in retirement? My kids are that way, uh, yeah. you being out of school. And they have never, they have no, have no idea if it's a Monday or a Saturday. Right, exactly. You know, so I have to, I have to mentally uh, make a cue. Okay, what date? Let's look at the day. All right, we know what day it is. So you, did you retire December 19? Yeah. So, yeah. so had the news, had you done the news? About a virus in China. At that point, I on had, our show. Yeah, we did. We did mention it, and I was. I think I had mentioned that. I heard on the BBC. I was following it because I, you know, would wake up really early in the morning, and I would be, you know, hearing the BBC. They were talking about, oh, there's 19 cases of this mysterious virus, and then the next day it was there's 29 cases. The next day it was there's 400 wow. cases. So you retired, and then three months later, yeah. The whole world shuts down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That had to 
put a damper on some of your plans for your first year of retirement. <laughs> my my first year of retirement was pretty much spent at home. I think I would. I think I called one time and was telling you how I was. Uh, building this uh, whole uh, uh, tribute to Chardonnay bottles. Uh, I, I had a pyramid. I had a Chardonnay bottle pyramid out in, front of, out in front of my house. Well, you know? you're, you're, you were in the age group that, you know, uh, where it's pretty de- deadly for. Oh, yeah. And there was no vaccine at the time, right. so heck yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and the good, the good thing was I did use the time. I have moved twice in the last uh, year and a half. Oh, really? No, three? Twice. No, once, twice. Twice. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to figure out because I've been bouncing around from a lot of places. But I uh, used the time to actually uh, clear out the rest of the, the stuff from my mom's home. She had passed away a few years before. So we, I got all of that out of the house and then got, the, got it rehabbed and everything else and then uh, put it up uh, for sale while, while all this was still going on. No vaccine COVID restrictions, masks everywhere, and it uh, was pretty challenging, but yeah, it sure. did give me something to do. I wasn't just sitting at home going, okay, now what? You yeah, know? and, you know, luckily it's the age of the Internet and everything like that, so you can uh, be in contact with people or follow the news or whatever. Sure, sure. It's not sure. like it would have been 30 years ago or whatever. Um, so just what's your overall take of this? I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of interesting things that have happened on planet Earth, even for a guy of uh, your worldly nature, it has to stand out as a, as, a, as a pretty big one. I was not around for the Spanish flu, <laughs> so this is the first pandemic I have ever, you know, uh-huh. lived through. Think, knock on wood, lived through. Yeah, and uh, I, I gotta tell you, I, I gotta tell you, you're vaccinated at this point. I assume. Oh God, yeah. yes. Oh, five times. You know, <laughs> I went in. I, I used another name and got more. <laughs> No, but I, I do have to tell you, uh, I know everybody wants to get back to normal, and I really appreciate that. But I, I, when all of a sudden, you know, they said, all right, take your masks off and have a good time, I'm kind of going, okay, but let's be careful. And now we've, we've got this, what do they call it, the uh, the, the Delta, Delta yeah. the Delta, you know, uh, variety. Well, I can imagine it does look differently if you're uh, a susceptible age group where, you know, oh, this, yeah. could, this could really make you sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, f- you know, if you're under... If you're under 60, really, it's not that deadly. And if certainly if you're under 40, it's oh, right. very unlikely it would kill you. But, right. um, you know, you probably feel the same way my parents did. My parents took it very seriously. Oh, yeah. No, I, there's no doubt about it. And as soon as I could get uh, vaccinated, I did. You know, I'm really glad I did because, uh, you know, I, I, that's one less thing you have to worry about. You still have to be cautious, but you're not like, my God, now what? Because now when you're in retirement, when when I don't have... A job to come to every day. Every little thing becomes a huge epic with me. <laughs> I've noticed that with uh, retired people. I am on the phone daily to my uh, friends scattered about the country, you know, got going ranting and raving about uh, any number of things. Uh-huh. And, uh, now they're kind of expecting it. You know, if I don't call at least uh, every couple of days and they call me, mm. you know, just uh, afraid I may have exploded. So, so, I was going to ask you about you and your friends and your set. So, you're an old hippie who hung around with hippies back yep, in the day. Yeah. And um, a lot of your older liberals that that I follow are kind of looking at some of their fellow younger liberals and saying, what is going on with you people? <laughs> and uh, I wonder if you've noticed any of that among your crowd. 
amongst my crowd i i will i will tell you something a lot of my crowd people that i've known since i was 13 and we all went through many things together are much more liberal than i am so they're so they're joining in with more of the younger woke crowd oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh very much so very much so and you know we have spirited discussions about uh you know uh we don't get too heavy into politics but mostly policy i just think it's interesting that the 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 crowd that was always so suspicious of the fbi and the cia and government in general right a lot of those people now that they're they're all hail the fbi and cia are are our masters who will keep us safe and it's like (laughs) where where did that come from i do have a couple of friends that have surprised me over the years and uh you know i uh i will look at them and pictures of them and uh announce that you're looking very prosperous because i've noticed that their waist size has expanded amazingly <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> yes and they're looking very prosperous these days in general what um what has surprised you about retirement because i remember asking my dad I, I i like to ask retired people this question because i hope to be retired someday years from now but right. uh What's what surprised you? What didn't surprise you about retirement? Well, what has well, yeah. What surprised me, or what I had have a realization about, is make sure when you retire, you got some kind of hobby, mm-hmm. something else yeah. to do. Yeah. Because uh, after my second move, now there have been a few days where I'm going, okay, now what? Uh, but fortunately, things keep coming up that I have to deal with. So I haven't, like I say, I haven't been bored. But I can see a time down the line if I don't get bitty and start, uh, you know, uh, salsa dancing or something yeah, again. Yeah, you know, it. Uh, you really are sort of faced with. Okay, now what? Yeah, I know my my dad's uh, younger brother. I remember him asking. He said, "What are you going to do when you retire? You don't golf, you don't fish, right? I mean, you know, because like Joe's a golfer. That's that's how he pictures retirement is playing golf. I get it. Or I I know fishermen who can't can't wait to the idea that they're going to be able to fish every single day, right? But if you don't have one of those things, I don't. Um, you, you do have to do something. Um, and and you know, most people their whole lives of working can't wait till the day when they don't have right. to work anymore, but. There's a lot of time in a day, day after day after day. you got to do something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The other thing, too, is a lot of my really close friends do not live anywhere near me. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's like, hey, how you doing on the phone? How about about the sense of who you are? Have you had any problem with that? Because so many people, I think particularly men, define themselves by their job. By their job, And when you don't have that, have you had any problem with who... uh, who am I? No. What am I? No. no that I that I haven't had any problem. I'm a with. Chardonnay drinker. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I got a I got a bulletin for you. I have given up the grape. All booze or just wine? I have given up the grape. I'll put okay. it that way. Okay. No, just uh, just uh, because. Uh, how do I put it? After I built the uh, temple to Chardonnay <laughs> for that year and a half. I just thought, you know, dude, let's try something else. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, yes. Yeah. So, okay. uh, so, did you feel that it was starting to uh, play too much of a role in your life? Yeah. The thing. Oh, uh-huh. I'll tell you this. The one thing you got to be careful of when you're uh, when you are a retired gentleman, if you don't have immediate family around to you know occupy you, boredom is your worst enemy. You know, just uh, okay. Like we were saying. All right, it's two in the afternoon again. It's the now. What do I do? Question. So you got to try and figure out some other ways, new ways to occupy yourself. Uh-huh. You're, you're, for people who don't know, Marshall Phillips, who did the news for us for many, many years and retired a couple of years ago, and never married, no children. Right. So, uh, 
I, still a couple lady friends uh, around. Awesome. Oh, yes. Michael's got a question. Yes. Yeah, you still playing the lottery, Marshall? Yes, I am. <laughs> Scratchers. So you still have that hobby. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I will tell you this without uh, bragging too much. I don't know if I mentioned on the day of your wedding, Michael. Yeah. I had purchased a scratcher. And after your wedding, I came home and I scratched it. I won six hundred and seventy-five. Fantastic! The lucky day that was Michael's wedding. Yes, day. yes, I don't indeed. Never seen that money. <laughs> well, I I told you I waited till after the ceremony yeah, to do that. I got another question from yep. Marshall Phillips, a legendary news person. I mean, we haven't even mentioned that legendary a broadcaster at some of the biggest stations in the history of radio over the years. Uh, now retired. I got a question or two for him and a couple other things to mention when we come back. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. White House officials confirmed there is talk about requiring federal workers to get vaccinated. While no decision has been finalized, I will say that the attestation of vaccination for federal employees is one option under strong consideration. But officials dispute that this is a mandate since workers have a choice between the shot and regular testing. So attestation, what we mean by that is confirming, uh, when, which means confirming vaccination status or abiding by stringent COVID-19 protocols like mandatory mask wearing. So it was a week ago tonight that Joe Biden said at that CNN town hall, if you get vaccinated, you will not have to wear a mask. I repeat, if you get vaccinated, you will not have to wear a mask. He said it twice. Yes. And yes. within a couple of days, the uh, White House uh, changed directions. Well, you got to remember, they're following the science. Yes. They're uh, following the science. So they claim. Uh, Marshall Phillips joins us. He was our news guy for, I didn't realize it was 14 years that you did that. 14. Yep. Was that the longest radio gig you had in your entire illustrious career? Yes. Wow. Yes, it was. I had a, a couple of 11-year runs, a couple of 8-year runs, and a whole lot of 6-month runs and two-year runs and you know how it is yeah, i do yeah. know how it is yeah um so without getting it we were uh, marshall was just telling me a little story off the air did you run the red light do you think you ran the red light or uh, not no i i i uh, admitted i've admitted yes i i ran the red light i i wasn't aware i'd run the red light uh-huh. but they had a picture of me you know yeah. and uh so and i again i just moved into this area yeah. and every intersection has cameras and how, Every, big, how big is the ticket for that five hundred and sixty dollars that's a yeah. chunk of money man yes, yes. so uh no i paid it up that's the first moving violation i've had probably in 35 40 years well the only reason i bring it up is you once went to jail yes for driving tickets no that was parking parking tickets, tickets which are not a moving violation no no and uh you didn't pay your parking tickets in la county it was in uh fullerton orange county okay and uh you know the bottom line was no i paid parking tickets like crazy but i was working uh nights sleeping in the daytime and where i lived you had two hour parking in front of your house. <laughs> two hours. So, so every two hours you got to move your car. Yes, I had to wake up, move my car, <laughs> go back to sleep, oh, wake man. up, move what my a car. Miserable. That's that's unrealistic way to live. And I went when I moved in when we rented this house. I moved in. Uh, I went to the uh, police department and said, 
hey, listen, I've, I've just moved in. Here's my uh, lease agreement and everything. Can I uh, get a, you know, resident sticker so, you know, to deal with yeah. the parking? They said, nope. Nope, we don't uh, we don't offer those. But that but that's that's crazy. <laughs> yes, it because was. you have to be parked somewhere. So you're just gonna. It, what, what difference does it make whether you take up this spot for four straight hours, right? Or you take up two different spots two hours each? It doesn't make any difference in terms of the number of spots available. And so I would still, even though I was getting up, moving the car around, I was still getting. You would you would actually set your alarm? Yes. So this is when you so you work at nights. This is actually like your your. This is when you're supposed to get your eight to ten hours of sleep. Yes. So yes. you would set your alarm and wake up every two hours yes. and go move your car. That's yes. crazy. Yes. Night after night. How, how how often did you successfully do that? Uh, I would get three tickets a week, maybe four. <laughs> but so that but so that means that many many times you woke yourself up out of a deep sleep. Yes. Like, did you sleep in your clothes or would you put on some clothes and go out and move your car? I had my satin robe on, you know. <laughs> and, and, you'd, so, and so you'd have to go all the way out to your car. How far yeah. away was it? Very far? Well, you know, there was a front yard, a, you know, a sidewalk, a lawn. And then uh, would you, you just move it like the next closest spot? Yeah, pretty much. Just back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't imagine waking like the third time. Not, you know, not the 30th time. Like right. the third time I'd say, yeah, screw it. Right. And there was an alley behind uh, this house, but you couldn't really park in the alley because it was one of those like single lane, one way little strips. So moving toward you ended up in the Hooskow. How many parking tickets had you gotten before you ended up in court? I paid hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I even went to the police department, the Fullerton Police Department, and I, I think I talked to the chief, but I said, here's the deal. I mean, I live here, and I got, I've been paying tickets like mad. Could you double-check to see if I have any more outstanding tickets? And they ran a computer check. Yes, you do. God, this All seems right. like a real spirit of the law, letter of the law to thing to me, too. The, the, the spirit of the law is not to make people who live around there move their cars every two hours. But they stuck you with the letter of the law. They stuck me with the letter of the law. And, and the bottom line is, so I paid off those. And I kept trying to pay the tickets, you know, trying not to get tickets and pay the tickets. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then one evening around 6 o'clock, oh, only till 5, though. After 5, I didn't have to move my oh, car okay. every two hours. So it's just so. unfortunate you had to sleep during the day. Yes, okay. yes. Uh, so uh, one night around uh, 6 o'clock, I hear a knocking on the door, and I peek out through the window, and... I see uh, two long-haired guys, and I thought, oh, maybe they're my roommate's friends. You know, they look hippie-ish. <laughs> I, I opened the door, and the two guys literally burst in and demand, are you Marshall Phillips? Yes. Down, down, on, down on the ground. Down you had on the to ground. get on the ground? Oh, yeah, on the rug. Because of parking down. tickets? Oh, yeah. Face- no, I'm confused by this. Is this... Did they suspect you of something else? A whole deal was the tickets, some of the tickets had gone to warrant, and I hadn't apparently... And you sh- got to get down on the ground. Yeah, yeah. It and, was unbelievable. And we're out of time, but you spent a month in jail, right? I did. I did, for contempt of court. <laughs> a month! A month in jail! Yes. Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> Marshall, we really want to mate with you. <laughs> oh, a classic class next. A classic callback. I'm the host of Final Thoughts at Jack Armstrong. Let's get a final thought from Michelangelo. Yeah, my final thought is directed at Marshall. Thank you for coming to my wedding. Even though you were, had a health condition, you snuck in there. We really appreciated you showing up. Loved it.
I did, too. That was great times. Uh, let's get a final thought for uh, guest newsman today, Mike, uh, Marshall Phillips. How are you, Marshall? You know, I was amazed. I drove right here without getting lost and uh, yeah, walked through the uh, back door and saw familiar faces. Now, retirement is okay, but make sure you've got something else to do so you don't just sit there and go, okay, now what? Excellent point and probably not a good idea and wait and, and to not wait until you get to retirement to decide what you want to yep. do. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a thing. I don't fish. I don't golf. I. I don't know what it would be. Um, Start working on it now. Yeah, I better come up with something. <laughs> Building uh, model ships in a bottle or there something you go, like that. Sure. Uh, my final thought is: Oh, we're taking a day off tomorrow. We're doing a three-day weekend, and then we'll be back on Monday with uh, all the latest news and everything like that. Following the Olympics over the weekend and, and that sort of stuff. I have a feeling a lot of counties listening right now are going to be in mask mandates by the time we come back on the air on Monday. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. We had a lot of great guests on today. If you missed any of the Armstrong and Getty show, go to armstrongandgetty.com to pick up the podcast. Also, we sell merch, which helps pay uh, some bills around here, and the merch is pretty cool, too. If you want to advertise the show, some of it has some funny slogans on there, like our stupid should hurt shirt or... I'm vaxxed, no mask shirt, which is very, very possible, uh, popular right now. We'll see you on Monday. God bless America. The worst episode ever. Halfsies on that. You do not know what you are talking about. I'm rubber and you're glue. Bad names bounce off me and stick to you. It's just the way it is. Half cup full, half cup empty. And boom goes the dynamite. I want winner. So let's go out with a bang. You know, uh, well, I wrote this song. I was, we were on a bus, and it and, and came to me. And we, should, we should take it Please. easy, Bob. Please, Please stop doing that. Armstrong and Getty.